Welcome to Rock and Roll Shinsu Chu, episode number 23. My name is Gabe Estel. I'm here with my co-hosts, Dennis Levi Leach and Jonathan Getz. How's it going, guys? Hola. Excellent. Well, we had, I just have to say, we had a blast uh, our last episode. Uh, if you haven't listened to it yet, go ahead and listen to it because it'll help inform this episode. Uh, but also, we just had a hoot. So um, the first round of our guitar madness bracket. So a lot of fun there, guys. Oh, yeah. Um, yes, excellent. Um, so tonight uh, we're going to do rounds two and three of the guitar madness bracket. So rounds two and three, which will take us to the final four guitarists. Uh, which we will give the champion in the next episode. So, uh, so we've got a lot to cover tonight within the bracket itself. So I'm going to go ahead, Levi, Jonathan. I'm going to jump right in to the um, to the leadoff session, which we're going to keep brief and keep it to baseball. We're recording this on April Fool's Day, and uh, spring training is about to wrap up. And we're about ready to – everybody's excited because we're going to have some real baseball by the end of this week. So um, that said, the teams are finalizing their rosters. And two of our teams, the Cubs and the White Sox, have sent down – each of them have sent down essentially their most high-profile prospect. Um, Two guys who have also – one in particular, Chris Bryant, have played exceptionally well this spring – So, Levi, Chris Bryant goes down to the Cubs, which some people kind of expected because of some contractual reasons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's obvious it's business and it's baseball. And that's sadly the business of baseball right now is that rule is in effect. And, um, you know, it was that rule was agreed upon and bargained with the Players Association. They agreed to it. And now they're against it. And so... Um, you know, and what's sad is Scott Boris sometimes I think Is Brian a Boris client? Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh he and, is. Uh, okay. I didn't I know. I believe that. I believe Rodon is too. He I know Rodon is, yeah. yeah. So Rodon, yeah. yeah that'll, he, that'll that'll make the next yeah. contract. And so he's uh he stuck his his foot in his mouth, I think. You know what I mean? For the fact that if he says, you know, oh uh, if it's not about business and the money, you know, what's it about? You know, they say it's development. And the key is when we drafted him, the day after we drafted him, we offered him six point something million dollars and he didn't agree to it. And Boris held him out for two months. So he missed a whole summer of development mm. for money. Yeah, and then now this is the story. Well, and you're lucky to have even gotten them then, because some of these players never sign and just go back into the draft. Yeah. Right. So, right. so you know what I'm saying? So, it, 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 in that instance, it was great to be about the money when you're Scott yeah. Boris. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Scott Boris is not exactly a guy that that isn't going to talk out of two sides of his mouth any chance yeah. he can get. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I'll give the guy this. He's good at what he does. I don't like him, but he's oh, good he's at the what best he does. at what he does. Did he deserve, yeah, did Bryant deserve to be up? Yes. Is it the track record, though, of Theo Epstein? No. You know what I mean? Theo Epstein, they were saying the only player he's ever, he's ever made a a rookie who made his opening day major league first appearance was uh, Dice, what's it, Dice Game Matsuzaka? 
Yeah. yeah, he's the only one who's ever done that, and it was and he was kind he of was, a different rookie. He was, he was a yeah. veteran rookie. He had had all those years in Japan. Every, he was every, already like twenty five yeah, or something. Every other rookie that Epstein has developed has right. never made his first major league appearance on opening day. Theo's like, hey, how are we supposed to win back to back World Series if I don't let him? If I don't send him down now, so that we can win two in a row four years from now? <laughs> he'll be, dude. He'll be. You've, you'll have him here in about three weeks. Oh, yeah, weeks. yeah. The Cubs played great today without him. Who needs him? Yeah. Trade him. No, no. But well, I'm and, saying and we'll, with... we'll be five for three weeks, people. <laughs> Trade Brian, dude. Just, just do it. I think we got we got Brian for a rod. Do it. Do it. <laughs> they were going to give us the whole Minnesota Twins team. I think. Right. Right. <laughs> um, and then Carlos Rodon. Um, I was thinking earlier uh, earlier this week. I thought that maybe they were going to start him in the bullpen. Um, we've had some bullpen uncertainty, um, which David Robertson's forearm has got me kind of nervous. Um, yeah. And then we've got another guy named J- uh, probably not going to mean much to non white Sox fans, but uh, a guy named Jake Patrichka, who's, who's, yeah, he's, he's decent. Um, he, uh, he's, he's having forearm problems as well. So we got a couple, you know, a couple like sort of question marks in the bullpen now. Um, so I was thinking that they were going to, you know, start Rodon in the bullpen. This is what they did with Sale, Sale's rookie year, mm-hmm. uh, knowing he was going to be a starter, but just to make the his development, yeah. right, right. Um, but it, you know, Rodon's going to be Rodon's going to be starting in the minors. Uh, I was totally surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was more surprised than Brian. Brian, I expected it because yeah. of the contractual yeah. things. Uh, but yeah, Rodon it, it caught me by surprise as well when I heard it. So um, he'll he'll be, he'll come up this year. we'll see them both this year. yeah 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 so yeah, yeah. so yeah anyway in the meantime maybe kyle drayback will uh <laughs> will become something in chicago <laughs> right so anyway all um, right so you know what that's the leadoff session for tonight folks we're gonna dive right into this tournament now um and we've got the second round we have some great guitarists facing off tonight um, I'm going to share my bracket, so okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disappear, but you'll still hear me. All right, then. For those playing at home. Yes. So, yeah, if you haven't had a chance, folks, to fill out a bracket yet, um, go ahead and do so. Um, we've got our first round already done, but, uh, yeah, you know, we'd love to see your picks as well, see who you would have going uh, going far. So we, we populated this whole thing with really great guitarists. And uh, next year... We'll we'll do all different guitarists as well. I think we could probably fill out about a half a dozen of these. Yep. All right. So we've got our second round matchups, folks. We've got uh, the first matchup. We've got Nels Klein of Wilco, also played with Mike Watt, versus David Gilmore of Pink Floyd. So two great guitarists here two gr- from two great bands. Levi? Start us off, man. Uh, you guys know me. I'm classic rock, man. I had to go. <laughs> I had to go, Dave Gilmore, on this one. There was no hesitation, right? But that's me. Um, I I like Wilco. Um, yeah. Although I'm all I've I've said it before. I think in other broadcasts, I'm I was always more of a, a Uncle Tupelo Sunvolt guy. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was never totally onto the Wilco bug. Nothing wrong with that. I, I totally uh, guitarist first guitarist. I had to go Gilmore. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I went 
back and forth on this as well. And and at the same time, I I really pushed for Nels to get into this bracket. Yeah, and, right. And I think because I knew he could he could do well, he could go far. And uh, thinking thinking real hard on this, uh, the guitar work uh, that that Nels has done and the song structures he provides in this, I really don't mean this to belittle Gilmore at all because Gilmore is uh, one of the all timers. I'm I'm gonna take Nels in the upset, mm-hmm. and I say upset because. Nels would probably say that David Gilmore should win, right? Uh, but I got to take Nels. I just keep thinking back uh, to him, uh, to seeing him play with Mike Watt and just stealing the stage up there, which is hard to do uh, when you're on the same stage as Mike Watt, uh, mm-hmm. one of the most enig- enigmatic bass players uh, of the last thirty years. So yeah, I'm going Nels. And also, um, he, uh, him, and Tweedy have made a really good tandem. I think too. I mean. I mean, he's he gets most of his attention for a songwriter, but Tweedy can tear up the guitar. Yeah, you know, oh, he I does. Mean, yeah. Um, yeah, I like when he plays when he goes electric. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, Gabe, deciding vote. I know. Uh, I'm going to go with David Gilmore. I have to. I have to. Um, and I, I I like Nels Klein a lot. You know, um, particularly what he's what he's done um, on the last two Wilco records. So, but I got to go Gilmore. You know, I think he's such a fluid player. He's played on some of my favorite albums of all time. Um, I think he still, even for his age, sounds great. Yeah. Voc- vocally and his playing yeah. is still, he's still really, really good. He does have that on Nels. He's one Nels of the guys do on my bucket list, for sure. I want to see Yeah, Dave I Gilmore. need to see him as well. But yeah. anyway, Gilmore for me, Gilmore advances. All right. All right, next matchup, guys. We've got Brian May of Queen. Versus Peter Frampton of well Peter Frampton and Humble Pie, Camel, um, Camel as well. So uh, Jonathan, why don't you start us off for this one, man? Brian May versus Peter Frampton. I'm going Brian May. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, I've I've never been able to totally drink the Peter Frampton sauce. Um, so yeah, I just I just got to go, got to go May. The diversity is there. Um, the guitar tones are there. That's not to say Frampton hasn't done similar things, but mm-hmm. it's May. Yeah. You know, is it just me, guys, or is Brian May's status? Just overall, just kind of creeping up among the three of us lately. You know, it's mm-hmm. I, I feel really good about Brian May. I'm going to take him, too, um, which uh, I, I, I liked Frampton in the first round. But um, I think, like Jonathan mentioned, Brian May kind of challenged himself maybe a little bit more. I mean, just yeah. from just all the really different things that Queen did and his even if you don't like there, there are some Queen songs I like more than others. I like his playing on every one of their songs. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. even if I don't like the song itself, I think he's always a shining point in uh, in in each of their tunes. So yeah. Brian May for me, Levi. Well, my vote does not matter. OK, I, I bounce back and forth. And but to me, um. These guys are... God, you're really struggling with this. Obviously, they're not similar. (laughs) They're not similar, but to me, they are. They're like classic classic rock like bastions. You know what I mean? You could take either one on any given day at their best. You know what I'm saying? And, um, And, you know, like you look at the late 70s, both of them were on fire. I mean, yeah. yeah, When I I rolled the dice in my head, it landed on Frampton at the end. So I... Okay. But um, the thing I think, and I agree... The depth of May's work is, uh, I think, better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if Frampton would have ended his career, maybe, with uh, uh, 
Frampton comes alive, like, the, like there could have been, like, you know... If, if, there if was Frampton no... died in a plane crash after <laughs> Frampton comes alive... If there was no Sergeant Pepper's movie, <laughs> Frampton would be a god of a He would be. Yeah. He would be. That uh, when I saw him for the with uh, play with the crows a couple of years ago though that was pretty righteous and it really oh, dude, caught the Ryman right. He's a it was at the Ryman, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Um, so and that was story, I was the story of how he got his jazzed. Sorry What's to that? step on you, man. the The story of how he got his guitar back is on YouTube. That, yes, that is, and good. it's legendary and it's great, and everybody should watch it. Yeah, I'll post the link to it. His legendary uh, Black Beauty three pickup Les Paul was taken in a crazy incident on a landing strip in a plane crash or something. And yeah, he didn't see it for decades. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to post a link to that on, on the uh, rockchew.com episode yeah. page for this. So All May, right. May Next matchup. Noel Gallagher versus Jerry Garcia. Okay. So, um, you know what? Two guys that uh, you think about Noel. Noel's been in the game a long time. You know, I mean, not obviously Jerry Garcia long, um, but uh, but he's you know, not too far from not it too at far. This point. Yeah, probably. Actually, yeah. probably. I mean, yeah. first first uh, Oasis record came out in like 94, Yeah, yeah. So, so he's been doing it twenty years. Jerry did it from sixty five or what? Sixty five. He did for thirty years. So yeah, yeah closer he's than getting I thought. There. Yeah, um, I gotta go with Jerry. Um, I mean, Noel got in the first i was advocated for him strongly in the first round i like his tone i think there's more of a neil young influence there than people give him credit for um but i uh, you know i i have to i have to go with jerry i mean as you know that's the live repertoire as well so yeah he was playing different songs every night you know i mean yeah oasis yeah. as much as i oasis is good live they don't, they don't really change their set list you know so <laughs> yeah Jonathan, i'm supposed to drink how to change the set list yeah reference sorry uh levi you want me to go yeah i was gonna say what's your what's your vote i'm going jerry on this as well i, I think uh the body of work and uh the influence and just to kind of piss off a gallagher is always fun <laughs> he'd probably have a good retort he would he, and i would laugh yeah he's the funny one... he's very quotable <laughs> We just pissed off an Oasis listener, just so everybody knows. Right. No. <laughs> I think we've got a sweep here. <laughs> it is, yeah. I had to go Jerry Garcia. Although, I really do... Um, that, that What's the story, Morning Glory record, like, is a total time capsule of a certain time. Absolutely. And I can associate memories to a lot of those songs in my life. Mm-hmm. But I have that feeling with, like, hundreds of Grateful Dead songs. Sure. sure. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. This, and this, this this one was uh, was I, I you know I I knew how this one was going to end. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. He was Noel was outmatched here. Yeah. Um, Captain Trips wins. All right. Richie Blackmore. Ver- Ooh, this is this is an interesting matchup. Richie Blackmore versus Rich Robinson of the Black Crows. Richie Blackmore yeah. of Deep Purple and Rainbow. And I, I guess he does play that weird like <laughs> medieval music with his wife now. The Blackmore's Night. Yes. So uh, anyway, um, Jonathan, what about you? You go first. You know, I I, um, I brushed up on some Blackmore uh, this past week on RDO and rock some Deep Purple and and. Uh, Child in Time? <laughs> no, uh, oh. shit, I, no, I forget. Um, but, I like the Coverdale records. 
I oh, like yeah. I yeah. like those two a lot. I like, I like them better lo- actually than the Ian Gillian stuff. I anyway, like all of it. Yeah. Actually, it was some live stuff with Coverdale that I was okay. listening nice. to, and nice. uh, so one twelve-minute trip after another. <laughs> I, uh, oh yeah, they were space, awesome. Yeah, yeah. space trip. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, because I wanted to, I wanted Richie to to um, inch up on on Rich, uh, and it's a close but, game. This one, this is, yeah. this is a close and it, score. And you talk about diversity; these two guys are are pretty dissimilar, and yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, but but Rich's uh, Rich's overall work. Some of this may be due to my ignorance of Richie Blackmore. Uh, but but I know what Rich can do, both rhythm and solo, mm-hmm. and how integral he is to a band. And so I, I got to go Rich Robinson. Yeah, this was a tough one for me. Um, I, I went back and forth on this one. I had one guy, and then I scratched him out and wrote another guy. And then I scratched that out and wrote the first guy again. <laughs> um, and it's, it gets harder in the second round, man. The... Uh, my gut went with Rich. I'm a Black Crows fan through and through. Sure. Um, although I love Deep Purple. I have behind me probably at least 60 Purple records. And um, I just, I like, I was going to say uh, or a minute ago, I love all the incarnations of the band. I think they were a great band, just overall. Yeah. They don't you know? get their due as much as they should. No, I mean, don't get me wrong, no. they... They were huge at the time. Mm-hmm. At the time, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, They're not yeah, one of those bands that a lot of 70s. people look back on like, right, with, yeah, like, yeah. like Zeppelin or Floyd. Sure. They don't like that, but as far as influence go, yeah. they're almost just as important as, as those yeah. bands, yeah. those God-like bands. Oh, heavy metal. Like, Richie yeah. Blackmore was like... His fingers the, are responsible for some of it. For yeah. a lot of yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, I... Yeah, I got to go with Rich as well. It's a little bit of a sentimental choice, I suppose. But um, I think Blackmore's, even though he's still playing and he he's had a long career, I mean, most of his best work is concentrated in a relatively short amount of time, I think. Basically one decade. Um, so, yeah, I go with Rich. Um, I think he's really versatile. His tunings are great. Um, and... Uh, Rich, Rich is criminally underrated. I mean, it's, it's I'm biased, but I'm saying it from my favorite. You know, he's yeah. in my favorite band, yeah. but, but, um, but yeah, he's 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 really underrated. So Rich advances. Nice. Oh boy, right. sneak peek Tough at that next up. round. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> sneak oh, peek wow. at that next round. Wow. Jerry versus Rich. Oh. <laughs> anyway, anyway, God, we'll be so back. Thinking of that. Um. We've got John Frusciante of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and as well as a body of solo work, versus King Crimson's own Robert Fripp. Great, great progressive psychedelic guitarist. Um, Jonathan, I'm curious to see how you answer I, this I bet one. you are. I bet you are. Yeah. Um, I, I got to go Fripp uh, from the, the body of work um, and uh, the, the uh, diversity I'm going for it. Yeah, I, this one, uh, this one was one of those ones where the guys, you know, are worlds apart in their styles and stuff. And oh yeah, I'd love to see them play together. I, I really, yeah, oh yeah, that would be insane. <laughs> yeah. It would be like LSD and heroin smashed right. together. <laughs> and so, 
I have a lot of memories to Red Hot Chili Peppers songs, so I went with my gut. I went for Shante. All right, this is, we've got a split so far. This is going to surprise some people, maybe. Surprise me when I came to the conclusion. I'm going to go for Shante as well. Um, even though I'm not a huge Chili Peppers fan, I think his work really stands out on otherwise kind of mediocre albums. Um, yeah. Whereas with Fripp, Fripp was you can't, that. You can't argue that he, yeah. he, he played on great work, but I don't know. King Crimson has kind of like, if you followed King Crimson over the last probably 20, 25 years, it's been like him and just basically like all yeah. these different rotating yeah. people. He, he is King Crimson. Right. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a, they're guys that like sort of stand out in, in necessarily bands that I don't yeah. listen to that regularly. Yeah. I mean, aside from some of the old, really old King Crimson. Um, so yeah, I go with Frusciante. Where, where I think you miss Frusciante is the albums he's not on. Exactly. That's when well, you start but, to appreciate John Frusciante. Yeah, yeah. It's, it would if he were to come out on uh, on some of those early records too. <laughs> anyway, um, or the popular records from uh, the early nineties. Anyway, all right. So Frusciante advances. Mark Knopfler versus Stephen Stills. Two veterans here. Um, I'll go first with this one. You know, I took uh, Knopfler mainly for some of the same reasons that I took for Shante. I think Knopfler has, while I like just about all of Dire Straits work, I think they kind of have some lackluster songs, some songs that are kind of snoozy. Um, but oh, yeah. I think they've, they've made albums that might be average, but his playing was never average to me. And his new record that came out just a week or two ago is pretty solid as well. I've, I've, I've had, I like it so far from what I've, what I've heard. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with Knopfler. Um, Steven Stills, important vocalist and I recognize his place. I just don't know if he's always been that important to me. So uh, yeah, Knopfler for me. Okay. Levi, you can go. This, uh, I really appreciate Steven Stills. I like Buffalo Springfield a lot. I like Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Um, his first solo record's got some great songs on it. Um, yeah, the football, he's always wearing the football jersey. Football jersey, then. yeah. Uh, I think, like, Hendrix is on that album. He, he does a solo on a song. Uh, and so I, I appreciate Steven Stills. But I appreciate Mark Knopfler more, and I went with Mark Knopfler. And um, I think part of it is just he's – I just think he's one of the tastiest guitar lick-type players ever. That's a good like, way to describe he, it. I, I yeah. listen to Skate Away all the time just to hear his, like, chicken pick and style because mm -hmm. he's just a great, great guitarist. Mm -hmm. If you're if you're into technical type of guitar playing, yeah, and he makes it sound effortless, which is frustrating if you yeah. are a guitar yeah. player. <laughs> He's playing the Chicago Theater here in uh, in September and uh, September or October, and I, I really want to go. Um, so we'll see. All right, Jonathan. Well, I. Um, you know, Stephen Stills holds a, a soft place in my heart because he's the... I happened to catch him at the Fillmore West in San Francisco uh, out of 10, 15 years ago. And, and that was a unique experience. Um, I just happened to be in town while he was playing, so I had to go. And, you know, he he, he did his thing. Um, not, obviously, to the level that he was able to do in the uh, late 60s and 70s. And his his songwriting is pretty 
um, uh, pretty spot on when it comes to the most important songwriting of that time. But but Knopfler's tones, I even though Knopfler can be can, considered a bit of a your dad's guitarist, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm always oh, yeah, amazed yeah. at Knopfler and, and his consistency. Uh, and that's not to say he doesn't take chances, but he's always consistent in his execution. Absolutely. So go Knopfler, clean, clean sweep. Yeah, I and I will I will say you know if this was maybe the best songwriter bracket I would have gone with Stephen Stills. Yeah, because like I think Gabe said I think I think Dire Straits kind of suffered some of the early '80s musicism. I don't you know what I mean? Right. I think it, I think the synthesizers and all that. Yeah, yeah. It would have been interesting to see their records if they had been produced maybe ten years before that or ten years after that. And, and I am never a uh, most popular song kind of guy when it comes to artists, yeah. but I will never not turn off Sultans of Swing on FM radio. Oh, yeah, I it's love an that amazing song. Too. <laughs> oh, Money yeah, for his, nothing. His playing on that is just, it's just crazy. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. 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 And, and his influence on guys like Big Head Todd is pretty obvious and, right. and for the best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. All right, so Knopfler, it's a sweep. Um, yep. Alan Collins of Leonard Skinnerd um, and Tommy Bolin, uh, who, well, his personally his his solo albums are his best stuff. But uh, he also briefly played in Deep Purple, played in James Gang with a couple records as well. Yeah. Um, so the Gunslinger, so yeah, he's yeah, yeah. He was he was known for twice there, kind of replacing more famous guitarists. Yep. Um, but yeah, so two guys that left this world too early as well certainly um but anyway uh i i go with bolin i mean here's a guy who you know he could have played with bowie or he could have played with skinnerd i mean collins probably could have just played with skinnerd so um i i go with bolin just because of his versatility and uh really how much i've fallen in love with his uh his couple solo records so tommy for me Yep, and I'll, I'll uh, I'm gonna say Bolin too. Uh, it's just, he was so integral to the sound of whatever uh, uh, band he was in. Yeah, Bolin. Two Clean guys sweep. have really good stage yeah. presence here too. Both of them, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Clean yeah. sweep there, guys. I went with Bolin as well. Uh, I just think the the level of talent is just a little higher with yeah. Bolin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we didn't get to, you know, with Collins, he, after the crash, he was, he was around for a while, but he got a car accident then. Oh yeah. He, so he never just really got to, he never got to, you know, yeah. really share his gifts. The, oh yeah. Uh, the, the Rosington Collins band, that first record jams. I that first record's not it. bad. No, it's yeah, not, it's, yeah. it's, well, it's, it's not even more than better, not bad, it's great, good. Yeah, yeah. It's a great song. All yeah. right. So Bolin, another sweep. All right. Okay. Next up. We've got Mick Taylor and Mike Campbell. Now, I want to note something here, folks. Jonathan, I believe, selected the edge over Mick Taylor in the He'll, first I'll round. I'll never live it down, I'm sure. So, People won't so stop the hate mail. All of his decisions. <laughs> just tainted. Approach them with skepticism, <laughs> friends. You know I'm taking all the right. edge in this round, right? What's that? I'm taking the edge in this you round take- out of protest. All right. So, who is your choice here then? Since you didn't select Mick Taylor, I, you know, time. I'm. Oh, look, I respect Mick Taylor, undoubtedly. Um, As you should. 
Yes, yes, but, and I don't mean to vote against him twice, but I'm going with Mike Campbell. Mike Campbell's body of work is absolutely, it's, Mike Campbell's songwriting body of work is amongst the best, the best in the history of rock and roll, the history of rock and roll. And his, his solos are, are, uh, are subtle and yet at the same time, just straight up rock. Mm-hmm. And he, his footprint will never leave the history of rock and roll. Mike Campbell. All right, Gabe. What is well your put. vote? Um, I agree with everything Jonathan just said, but I have to look at somebody who played on like three of the greatest consecutive records ever. I think probably the three greatest records like in a row from a band Taylor did that um, with uh, with with let it bleed sticky fingers and then exile um, yeah there's there's no three better albums in a row um, and he was a part of it you know I, I like to think of him as comparing to my favorite bands here I like to think of him as the Mark Ford of that the Stones had for a few years you know also he came into the band when I think he was like 19 yeah, Come, you yeah. know, you're, you're 19 years old. You joined the biggest band. Of the he's world. a fucking phenomenon. You know, excuse I mean, yeah. my language, but yeah, yeah dude, yeah. He, he's really the good. reason that band kept going because they yeah. kind of were at a point where Brian Jones had died, and it was like, you know what I mean? This band's either going to tank or they're going to make yeah. it, and he, he played, helped them. I thought he played so well with Keith too. You know, um, so so yeah, I I I, uh, I go Taylor here. This uh, Levi. This, this was a tough one, man. I rolled, <laughs> I rolled, tossed and turned all night. Um, I love Mick Taylor and I love the Rolling Stones, and I think uh-huh. Mick Taylor is on my favorite Rolling Stones records. That being said. There's no Tom Petty in the Heartbreakers without Mike Campbell. And there was a Rolling Stones before and after Mick Taylor. All right. Well played. Okay. And so well put. Mike Campbell has got my vote. Tough one. It was a tough Oof. one. All right. God. Campbell Bowling. I need, another, I need another drink after that one. <laughs> All right. There you have it. Taking a button down here. Jeez. All right. <laughs> oh, but we, we won't venture far from the Stones discussion. Right, I was, I was, I was trying to set up a Stones matchup here as well. Um, yeah, Jonathan, you go first. Actually, we've got folks. We've got Kurt Cobain versus Keith Richards. So, just legendary musicians here. Um, one, one that died young, and one that probably everybody thought was going to die young. So, <laughs> the indestructible. Anyway. Yeah, well, Keith, the old hole in the theory there. Anyway, um, Levi, start us off here, man. I really appreciate everything Kurt Cobain did for music, but I had to go. Uh, I had to go Keith Richards. Yeah, had to. It's the, it's Keith. Yeah, <laughs> Kurt, it's a brief era of contribution, too. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean. He, long- yeah, I, I still jam Saint of Me 
when was that song? Like that was like early two thousands Rolling Stones, right. and I still think that's got a cool. Reaction. Like ninety seven, it was on Bridges. Or, yeah, yeah, and you know what I mean. So, yeah. All right. The scope of work is you got to go, Richards. Yeah, Jonathan. Yeah, even though I was uh, an early '90s music child, uh, Kurt Cobain, a lot of Kurt Cobain guitar tones coming through my uh, little Sony, uh, uh, little ghetto blaster there. But you got to go, Richards. It's uh, it's just too obvious. I, it's, it, this is a tough draw for Kurt Cobain because his influence, yeah, right. his influence will be yeah. will will carry on with Richards' influence when it comes to guitar riffs. But it's Richards. Yeah. All right, Keith. Next up, interesting matchup here. Um, a veteran. Well, they're you know they're both veterans, but one much more so than the other. Um, Alex Lifeson of Rush versus Jim James of My Morning Jacket. Um, Jonathan, why don't you start with this one then? I. Uh... I wanted Jim James to pull this out. Right. I right. did. I did. I think he's one of the most important rock and roll uh, guitar songwriters of the last 20 years. But Alex Lifeson is, he's, it's like he's just indestructible he in is. some ways. And, uh, playing with two other guys that are indestructible as well. Right. Right. And, you know his his work is even felt in uh, some of that early early nineties music I was listening to. Uh, you know right. he guests on Mad Season, yeah, that Mad Season record. Yeah. And but Alex Lifeson's uh, work with with Rush is unparalleled. So Alex Lifeson, I'll keep this brief. Alex Lifeson. I mean, like oh, I, yeah. I, uh, I I I Jim James. I, I is great. You know, and he's oh, yeah. part of a really good guitar tandem, but. I mean, just uh, you know, longevity or experience wins out here. Yeah, clean sweep, guys. Obviously, I'm gonna yeah. go Alex Lifeson on this. Right. No, no disrespect to Jim James. Um, well, yeah, I mean, how's know, he supposed to compete? But though? yeah, I, I don't want to sound like a dick, but yeah, yeah, as soon as he writes a working man, call me. Right, right. This is yeah. That's that was like a that was like a, a North Carolina versus you know Xavier or something. You know, that's a strong lower seed, but still yeah. just outmatched. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so next up, ooh, interesting matchup here. Two very different guitarists. Um, Vernon Reed of Living Color versus Toy Caldwell of the Marshall Tucker Band. Um, I'll start us off with this one. Um, uh, yeah, Vernon Reed's, uh, he's hes a maniac, and I mean that in the best possible way. Um, but, you know, I don't know necessarily if the body of work was is quite there i mean i know toy caldwell is um has left the world but um i still think he's a vastly underrated guitar player and i think he's better integrated in a band sound yeah um whereas vernon reed's just kind of this crazy solo guitarist um so uh i i went with toy caldwell yeah i i agree because I think that uh, Vernon Reed's guitar sound is a bit more about the production of the band. Yeah. While Toy, man, he just cuts straight through and fucking nails you right between the eyes. Oh, yeah. uh, the, the chicken picking, you can't pass it up. He's, he's such yeah. a nasty picker, dude. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna listen to Marshall Tucker Band after we're recording. <laughs> so, so that's all there is. Yeah, clean sweep, man. I love, I love the Marshall Tucker Band, and I, as he said, that 
Gabe mentioned he's an underrated guitar player. Period. They are an underrated band. Not enough people will give props to the Marshall Tucker Band, and they should. They should be here. I'll say it. They should be like more well received or uh, just more revered than Leonard Skinner. I think. Yeah, you, know? you went and said it. Boom. I did. I did. I don't know about more. I, I, I love both of them. All right. I think but, they should be held they, in just the same regard. Much. They should yeah. be held in the same yeah. regard. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. All right. Next up, uh, ooh, gosh. Just the, this next matchup might divide the audience. Here. Oh, man. <laughs> We're about to lose half of our audience. Uh, Randy Rhodes uh, versus Jeff Beck. Man. This is the toughest matchup for me so far. I, guys. I'll start this to be one. honest. I'll Levi, go ahead. One. I went Randy Rhodes. And. Part of that is just because, to me, you guys mentioned it a, no, a couple of guitarists ago. Um, Jeff Beck, to me, was always your dad's guitarist. Instead of Mark Knopfler, I think we mm-hmm. said before. Mm-hmm. And so I just never could get into Jeff Beck for some reason. And as a growing up, one of the first guitar licks I ever learned how to play was Crazy Trained. And I think if you're into rock guitar, that's the case for a lot of kids. And um, I think it would have been amazing to see where Randy Rhodes would have gone if he hadn't have passed away so early. Mm-hmm. So I, I went Randy Rhodes. All right. Gabe? Jonathan? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you want me to go? Okay. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Curious. I don't know how much you feel about Randy Rhodes so, right, or Jeff right. Beck. So, yeah. Uh, you know, Jeff Beck's uh, versatility is, is pretty amazing. Uh, I, even on uh, lately, he's he's covered lately. I think within the last ten years, you know, he even covered some Jeff Buckley songs, yeah, uh, which is pretty phenomenal. I'm a big Jeff Buckley fan, and um, uh, you know, guitar tones out the wazoo, phenomenal. I've been on an Aussie kick lately, though, and uh, and 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 the Randy Rhodes riffs. And and the tone just again they they cut straight through and you can't deny them. I think the influence is is greater on your um, your layman's guitarist. Jeff Beck mm-hmm. is more of a guitarist guitarist. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly. I've got that in my notes, man. So I'll just you, I'll give <laughs> sorry, it to you there. Sorry. Said the exact um, same thing. I know that you know some of our listeners are like, "What's the point of doing this?" entire bracket when Jeff Beck is in it and Jeff Beck is supposed to win but it's sometimes it just comes down to the matchups and the vibe you're feeling uh, and, and yeah, right now I'm feeling the Rhodes Jeff vibe Beck at yeah. all I like right. Jeff Beck right. especially the Jeff Beck stuff with Rod Stewart right. a oh, lot yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. it's just the, the the amount of kids I think that Randy Rhodes influenced and the way he resurrected Ozzy's career. A lot of people don't Definitely. give him credit. Right. But he literally like kind of took Ozzy out of the gutter. Yeah, of being Ozzy was kicked not out. doing well. He like, was kicked well, out of Black when, Sabbath. When he left right. Sabbath. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, this one's tough. Um It's a sweep, man. I gotta go with wow. Rhodes as well. Wow. Um talk about right, a guy that did right such killer work in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Um I mean, those two Ozzy records he plays on are fucking awesome. All right. Um, so yeah, I, I gotta go. I gotta go with Randy as well. Uh, not easy. Hardest, hardest one for me. 
like I said, we'll probably lose some listeners over this one. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, Randy Rhodes, man. All right, the last uh, quadrant here. Okay, we've got uh, Neil Young. Oh no, one one before that. Oh, do we? Do we? Oh, wait. Oh, Jimmy uh... Page and Eddie Van Halen. Oh, what? I'm sorry. God, I did not write that. Jesus, yeah. Jimmy Page. Wow, this is this is huge. Jimmy Page versus <laughs> Eddie Van Halen. You're just gonna stumble over this one. God, I don't know. I almost my head almost exploded. Um, uh, Gets. Yeah. Why don't you take this one, man? Because I, I, I know I, I, I've never heard you like talk a lot about Van Halen, so I'm, I'm right. Curious. And and so I did have some catching up on Van Halen to do. Obviously, I'm familiar. Um, right. Just because I live. Could have made you a mad sweet mixtape, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I lived in the Midwest, and particularly uh, uh, close uh, to the Kremitzkys growing up, and so that was I, like Petersburg's band for Van for Halen. A lot of people, yeah, a lot yeah. of people that graduated from like like 1990 to 1995. That was like, <laughs> yeah, know. yeah. Um, but at the same time, I felt like he wasn't able to really show his chops as much in, in Van Halen as he could have. Um, and Jimmy page, yeah, fucking Jimmy page. I mean, the, to say the body of work to say, you know, how integral, not only was he to the band, but to a decade, um, Jimmy page is, you know, the, the 1970s rock, uh, Eddie Van Halen is probably 1980s rock. But those two things not being equal, I'm going to take 1970s rock and I'm going to take Jimmy Page. Well put. Um, I got to go with Page as well. Um, man, and it was tough. Jesus, was it tough? Um, I, Eddie Van Halen is um, certainly a crazier guitarist, and he he can do some amazing things, and his tone is just wicked, and he spawns so many imitators, a lot of them that aren't very good. I mean, there there are a lot of people that did bad impersonations of him um, in the in the late eighties. Um, with Page, though, yeah, the, the versatility. I mean, he's got the versatility that maybe Eddie Van Halen doesn't have. Um, yeah, yeah, Page. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not like doing a cartwheel over it, you know, because I I love Van Halen so much, but I got to go with Jimmy Page here. Yeah, and that was we're gonna sweep it again. My gut was there. There is no Eddie Van Halen without Jimmy Page. You know what I mean? Jimmy oh, Page. Yeah. Jimmy Page was the first guitarist to have tons of articles and magazines about him and how to play his style and how to get his tone and he created all that and eddie van halen kind of lapped up the rewards of it a decade later yeah all right this is a good one neil young and dimebag daryl all right Neil Young versus Dimebag. Um, gosh. Could you get any further apart stylistically? Yeah. This, but this still, I mean, uh, Dimebag, rest in peace. But, like, this this just wasn't difficult for me. Like, I mean, Neil is, you know, my master. I don't know if he's the master of feedback, but he's mine, certainly. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, just such a good electric guitarist and acoustic guitarist as well. Um he's just so constantly innovating um I, yeah neil it was pretty easy for me i mean with all due respect to dimebag 
This wasn't yeah. hard. To me, this one wasn't necessarily hard, but I thought about it for a while. Um, I've never really considered Neil Young to be one of the better guitar players of all time. I've considered him to be one of the greater singers of all time in a band, songwriters. I like his style. Um, I think him and Jimmy Page have a lot more in common stylistically. And if you listen to live shows of Zeppelin... Page could get just as sloppy as Neil Young could on the on the oh, yeah. soloing end of it. Um, yeah, I saw Dimebag Daryl live, and he a couple times, and he he blew my mind. He melted my face off. So I, I had to I had to go with Dime. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Uh, you know, I, Dime Dimebag's influence on. Uh, guitar influence I think is pretty significant um, but it's it's Neil here it's yeah. <laughs> the, the the crunch that is Neil whether it be you know his uh, his electric stuff or his uh, solo acoustic stuff uh, the real delicate stuff you know even as cliche as Needle and the Damage Done is I mean that's a First song I ever learned how to play on guitar. That's and that's I mean that's a that's a guitar. I mean that's great for just hearing figuring out the guitar and what the guitar can do. Oh, so yeah, I, I got to go Neil here. That'll be a good Page versus Young. All right, that sets up an exciting Sweet Sixteen matchup. Um, okay, next up we've got Mick Ronson, David Bowie. Uh, David Bowie fame uh, versus Pete Townsend. Um, I had to go Townsend instantly. Yeah, yeah, me, me too. I mean, gosh, Bowie stuff's great, but for me, that was always because of Bowie. And yeah, Mick, I, that's not to undersell Mick. No, no. he's a really good guitarist. Um, it, maybe it would have sounded different if he had somebody else. I don't know, but yeah, it's just Pete here for me. It's just so important to me. You know, Pete in a landslide. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How would oh. Betsy? Obviously, Betsy would choose would choose Pete. Yes. Yes. This, yes. this would be a harder yes. maybe matchup for her than uh, than uh, than us. But anyway, Be- okay. Betsy thought it was admirable that Mick would um, uh, that that Mick would let Bowie go down on him on stage. Right. Right. <laughs> so he was taking one for the team there. <laughs> right. <laughs> All so right. Next. Warren uh, last one is... here of the second round. Uh, we've got Warren Haynes. Government Mule, the Allman Brothers, uh, whatever other 19 bands he plays in, um, <laughs> versus Kim Thale of Soundgarden. Um, you know, for me, this one, um, I went Warren. Um, I'm just not really sure. I mean, Kim, Kim's, I love those Soundgarden records, but I think it's more because of the, you know, sort of the, the sum of the parts. Um, so, yeah, this one wasn't that challenging for me. I mean, I... Kim Thale's great, but I, I didn't hear from him from a long time. For a long time, you know, didn't so, return my calls either. Right, right, yeah, yeah bastard. Yeah. Um, anyway, Dick. yeah. So, uh, yeah, Warren, okay. Warren for me. So there, there's our sweet sixteen. Well, hold on. I, you know, this is my sixteen-year-old self versus my nineteen-year-old oh. self. Ah, right. And which, uh, which was more rational? Which was more emotional? Um, I'm, I'm going to go with the rational. I'm going to go with Warren here. Uh, Warren Haynes, I guess, in the, in the sweep, right? Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I gotta go warm. <laughs> I like Soundgarden, but I just have a lot more of a connection to warm. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think all, yeah. all three of us can uh, speak yeah. to that. Yeah. There are no um, losers in this bracket. No, 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 no. All, all right. right. So, what's what we got in our first matchup here? Sweet Sixteen, folks. Ooh, gosh. Brian May versus Dave two just, Gilmore. Two just just titans of their era here. Um, gosh, I'm gonna go with Gilmore. I mean, I uh, as much as I uh, gosh, I respect both these guys so much. Um, May was coming on strong, but he's just not going to overtake Gilmore for me. Um, and just where I, I've placed those those records that Gilmore plays on and my favorite records. And I think Gilmore's such a good live player, too. Uh, a guy I definitely want to see. So, Gilmore. Yeah, Gilmore for me as well. Uh, this one was easy. Yeah, it's it's weird. As much as we, we argue for May in the earlier rounds, uh, exactly. this, this is pretty easy that this is Gilmore. <laughs> I think the Cinderella story ends here. Yeah, for him, so. Sorry, Gonzaga. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next. Oh, gosh. Um, this is tough. Okay. This is Jerry versus Rich. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Jerry Garcia, Rich Robinson. Man. Two of the guitarists of probably two of my favorite bands if i had to pick levi start us off then man because this is this is i mean it's big for me too but this is really big for you no hold on let me start this this means all right all right this is i don't have as much emotion devoted to this one uh i've I've voted for jerry the previous two rounds but i'm taking rich in this round um i think it's it's more of the rock approach of rich versus the more nuanced approach of garcia I gotta take Rich. All right, yeah, it, well put. Um, gosh, I did, you... Both guys are so integral to each band. Um, yes. Completely. This is really tough. Uh, I'm gonna have to say my first love was the Dead, and I'm gonna have to stick with Jerry. Mm-hmm. <sighs> this is this is challenging for me as well. Um, but I have to go with the person that pretty much plays on a lot of my favorite songs, my favorite albums ever. Uh, whereas someone who um, I certainly romanticize in almost an exclusively live setting, you know, um, and I, I certainly respect what he did every night. Um, but yeah, it's, it's rich for me. Wow. It's a rich. This is a big upset probably for a lot of people. A lot of Oh I mean, yeah. I, I would think if you were to poll people that like rock and roll and maybe even on the level that we do, they, you know, they might it probably wouldn't shake out like this, but that's not their tournament, damn it. <laughs> All right. There you go. This isn't. Okay. For Shante versus Mark Knopfler. Uh, you know, not for Shante, I think is it's a surprise that this guy's probably in the Sweet Sixteen. Am I right? Right, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this one, this one. It, once he gets to this matchup, though, it's not that hard for me. Yeah, right. You know, Knopfler, Knopfler, Knopfler. all the way. Yeah. yeah, it's Knopfler. Yeah, easy one there. Yeah, folks, if you haven't heard it, check out Tracker as well. It's, it's. Uh, I really dig it. Um, his new record. Okay, ooh, this is a tough one. Next up, Tommy Bolin versus Mike Campbell. I'm going last on this one. All right. 
So, uh, Levi, how about you? I would be curious to see how you you, you, you took this one. I, I But I, I think I might know, though. This one's tough, man. I like a lot of both artists' music. And um, yeah. I respect uh, their catalogs a lot. I'm going to go, I think, if if we were going to say there was an underdog in this one, I think I'm going to go with the underdog. I'm going to go with Tommy Bolin. All right. Levi, I knew we were related. We're not alone, <laughs> all right? Um, it's, uh, gosh, you know, you get, talk about a guy that's been a staple in a great band for a long oh, yeah. time. We're talking about Mike Campbell, um, yeah. and he's he defines some of their, a lot of their sound. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, gosh, you know, the world was really blessed to see Tommy Bolin, even if it was for a really short amount of time. Um, and I think what he did within that time, to me, it's like probably like rock and roll's greatest potential that some of the greatest potential that never really got to blossom as fully as it should. Um, but still, that said, this is probably a little more influenced by kind of what I'm listening to, what I've, what I'm going the way I've, what I've been listening to over the last couple of years. I've got to go with Tommy Bowen. Yeah. Yeah. And now that you, though you've already decided it, um, and this may get me sleeping on the couch again tonight. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going Bowen as well. I know nice. I talk a lot about body of work and, and how important that is to a guitarist influence, but, and admittedly Bowen isn't, isn't a go-to guitarist when other guys are talking about their influences because no. a lot of guys haven't heard of Bolin, yeah, um, or haven't realized that they've heard Bolin, yeah. And but the raw emotion is, oh, yeah. and and the the solo stuff is amazing. Uh, check out Teaser, uh, Private oh, yeah. Eyes, absolutely, you gotta. Oh yeah, um, great stuff. Yeah, going Bolin, cl- clean sweep. Nice. All right, that, and that should say something. The fact that. It's a clean sweep over Mike Campbell. If, if yeah. you aren't familiar Thanks. enough with Bolin, and I love Tom Petty, and like I said, I think yeah. Mike Campbell makes the Heartbreakers. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, and I think he's integral. I was um, not to latch on to a different, totally genre, but I was listening to some Buck Owens the other day, and his partner Don Rich was like basically the Mike Campbell of Buck Owens, and mm-hmm. as soon as yeah. that guy passed away in a motorcycle accident in '74. Buck Owens' career tanked, and right. so I think Mike Campbell w- was that kind of a guy. I don't think Tom Petty would have gotten as far without him. Yeah. All right. This Good isn't it. all around, guys. Yeah, yeah but Bolin. All right. Uh, Richards and Lifeson. This is a this is a this is a tough one. Um, yeah. Gosh, two guys who have gosh just such the combined years between these two, pretty high. Um, Man, you, you know, I, with this one though, um, I've got to go for the riff master, man. I mean, I don't think there's a person that's ever written better riffs. You know, it's it's key for me. Uh, yeah, it's it's tough here because you got one of the best lead guitarists versus, in my opinion, the best rhythm guitarist ever. Um, so yeah, I go with Keith. I gotta go with Keith too, I, and I love Rush, and I love oh, um, yeah. I love their sound of their records so big but he I just three dudes. I, I gotta go with Keith agreed it's it's a sweep all right, oh all right that easy for you yeah. I guess yep all right all right okay um next up 
Toy, Caldwell, and Randy Rhodes. Two, man, when I looked at the whole bracket, I was like, ah, I didn't know if I'd see these guys this far. <laughs> uh, but I'm yeah. glad they're here. And, um, God, they're both so good. Um, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. And they're different. And um, guys, that, two guys that, you know, one in particular that weren't around that long either. Um, so, uh, or is it, did Tommy die before toy? I, I can't remember of the, the toy was like ni- early nineties. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, but gosh, he's really coming on strong and he's going to, he's going to keep coming on strong. I got to go with Randy here. Um, just, you know, the greatest, I think the, of this whole, this whole tournament, best body of work in the shortest amount of time. I fully agree with that. Um, I gotta go with Caldwell though. Um, this is a tough one, man. All right, because no, I'm Randy, not, Randy just... Rhodes is one of my favorite metal guitarists, and um, I just there are so many great live versions of Marshall Tucker Band songs, like "Fly Like an Eagle" or "24 Hours at a Time," and they just highlight him so well. And um, I, I gotta go with Caldwell. All right. Well, Jonathan, are you going to take the highway? (laughs) Uh, You know, if you asked me this two weeks ago, I would have taken the highway. But I'm going with Sandy Koufax here. I'm going with the amount of the body of work in the shortest amount of time. I'm going Randy Rhodes. Sounds like somebody's been listening to Blizzard of Oz lately. Diary of a bad man. Yeah. Over the mountain. Oh, there's so many great songs he was you on. Can't kill rock and roll. Oh Jesus. yeah, dude. I ain't hiding in. All right, okay. <laughs> yes, All, right. Yes. All right, yes. I'll end it there. Okay. Oh gosh, just gosh, probably two of the titans yeah. right here. Two of the two yeah. of the biggest names to face off. Um, and and probably that you'll see in the whole tournament. Jimmy Page versus Neil Young. Jesus. I gotta go. You Page. I might right away. Page. Okay. All right. Okay. Maybe it's easier than I thought. I don't know. Jonathan? You go, Gabe. <sighs> <laughs> this is a tough one, but I... Yeah. Um, I, I love Zeppelin. As, let's I let's love think about this. This know. is a guitar bracket. All right? That's what I'm thinking, This Gabe. is a guitarist bracket. This isn't a songwriter's bracket. Yes. And if it is a guitarist bracket, and it is, I have to go with Jimmy Page here. I agree. I agree. And right. Neil, Neil Young is in my top two favorite artists. Yes. But I got to go, Paige. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. Paige rolls on. Townsend versus Warren. You know, it might be tougher than you think. It might be. For me, be... this one's easy. All right, and Levi. I, 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 you guys know who I'm going to pick. I love the who and i love a lot of who songs and i think water is one of their best songs and i jam it all the time um but warren is one of the nicest musicians i've ever had the chance to meet and was totally down to earth and i've heard nothing but dude, bad you gave stories him a about rub. all right <laughs> hey dude i rubbed his feet and he showed me how to play a rocking <laughs> chair man a rocking horse <laughs> I was, we were at Bonnaroo, and I saw Levi just giving him a foot rub. I was, like, <laughs> I, I was VIP during his... Uh, <laughs> That's what VIP entails. Yes. <laughs> uh, Bob Weir stumbled drunk past me off the stage. Um, but I had to go Warren. 
right. Mr. Nice Guy wins. Jonathan? You know, I've, I've, like I said before, I've seen Warren play guitar live more than anybody and uh, that I've ever seen play guitar. He's, I've probably seen him play for 40, 50 hours of guitar live <laughs> and uh, cumulative, cumulative over the years. But I think Warren's, Warren's parts in, in the Allman Brothers band were very uh, integral, uh, especially to revive that band. But, ah, uh, shit. Um, <laughs> but I think Pete's, um, Pete's too much of a mastermind when it comes to all aspects of the music and the guitars. And Warren has had his moments over the years. Mm-hmm. And uh, dose, and the the tour for dose and um, life before insanity were most yep. the two of the most impressionable tours I've ever seen. Yeah, everything up to Allen's. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. This is great. And then the songwriting on that is solid, but Pete's uh, more of a composer when it comes to guitar, right? And so I got to go, Pete. That's a really good way to put it, man. I can't say it any better than he's a composer. Um, not as easy as I thought it would be, but I'm going to take Pete as well. Um, even though Warren, this would this would have been a close score. So, so Levi, your boy goes home. All right, nice, let's. Nice guys finished last game. Now yes. this is. I don't know let's if I can if I can eight. answer these. Let, let's look at our final eight here, folks. The elite eight is David Gilmore, Rich Robinson. Hold on, let me scroll up there. Yep. Okay. Uh, yep. Mark Knopfler versus Tommy Bolin. Oh, Jesus, to hear those guys play. Um, yep. Keith Richards versus Randy, Randy Rhodes. Yeah. And Jimmy Page versus Pete Townsend. Yeah, we got some guns, man. Good God. Guns. And we got to do these now? <laughs> I can't do think about now. this. We got to do, do this right oh. now. got to oh. do it right now. Final four, baby. Oh. All right. Let's do it. Got, we got to do it. We got to get to the final okay. four. Who's going first on Gilmore Rich? Not me. Uh, I'll go. All right. I'm going to go Rich. Only because I think I think Rich is... I don't want to say he's more integral to the band, but I think he is. I think Rich was more yes. integral to the band than Dave Gilmore. I'll, I'll agree with that. I think that. Roger Waters could have carried that band with another guitar player if he had to. He did. You know what I mean? He carried the yeah. band before. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, I'm going rich. This is a tough one, but I'm going rich. You're. Yeah, I know. I, I agree with you. I, I'm taking rich as well. I wouldn't go as far as to say, like, like, like to me, like, you need the Pink Floyd that I know and love. You need David Gilmore. Um, but yeah, I, 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 this is, this is kind of a sentimental choice and I don't want sentiment, uh, ah, uh, sentimentality to drive the thing, but I look at the, just, he, he's the riff master. I mean, to me, like he's, he's, uh, you know, he, he's the Keith that followed up Keith, you know I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, uh, this one, we'll, 
they're both great, but uh, yeah, rich, rich it is. I think uh, if you took the band as a whole, with what Gilmore did and the production of of those Pink Floyd records, it's pretty phenomenal and unparalleled oh, yeah. in many ways. But when it comes down to guitars, and if I need a song written in the next 12 minutes, I can't have David Gilmore fucking around in the corner. Right. <laughs> Noodling. Right. All right? Yeah. <laughs> Rich, in that amount of time, can write me the riffs and the solos for both guitar parts. That's All right. right. I'm going Rich. All right. Well played, everybody. Okay. Um. Rich this is a tough one. And Rich goes to the final four. So Rich is cutting down the net right now. Yes. Waving it over his head. <laughs> All right. Up next, Mark Knopfler and Tommy Bolin. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. Um, to me, at, at this point in the game, to me, this is not tough. Okay. I got to go Knopfler. Huh. Just, just, I, for some reason... If I put these two guys' bodies of work together, I gotta. I'm gonna. At the end of the day, I'm gonna end up with Knopfler. I don't know why, other than I just like his style. I think a little bit better. Stylistically, to, he's great. Yeah, if I had to choose, you know, one one guy's style over the other, they're both phenomenal guitar players. Obviously, Mark Knopfler got to show off his talents longer. Sure. Um. Yeah, he's added. He's added somewhat of an unfair, just a, a, a unfair advantage. Yeah, here. I, I gotta go not for. Right, Getz. Yeah, you can blame Randy Rhodes and his influence <laughs> on me over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but he came to me in a dream and he said, "You gotta fly high with the bowling." <laughs> Right. Tommy Bolin should be in the final four. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, with the bullet, Bolin. Well, Jonathan, dreams do come true. All right. Um, and this one's tough. You know, this is a really, really, really good matchup um, of two guys that just have such great styles. But, but, um, God, yeah, I, I, maybe yeah. The Randy Rhodes thing is grouping up on me too because we're talking about guys that just did so much damage in such a short amount of time. Um, Bolin, I mean, I, I, I that that dude could play in a dozen, uh, half a dozen different types of bands. You know, I mean, he really could. Oh yeah. So, so yeah, the Bolin for me. Okay. I, if this were a seven game series, it would be like four to three. Right? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Wow. Keith Richards versus Randy Rhodes in an Elite Eight showdown. I don't think anybody thought Randy Rhodes was getting this far. <laughs> I know. I know. I know, right? Oh, man. Um, Going up against one of the greatest riff. The guy who invented the guitar rock riff, basically. Yeah. And I'm not one to really to, to put forward superlatives that often. Um, but... I'll I'll attach the superlative of the greatest to Keith as far as rhythm guitars go, and riff just masters. I got to go with Keith here. I mean Rhodes, God, it was a good run, buddy. But um, you know you're you're dealing with Keith Richards here. Keith Richards. This is a really tough one. Um, I uh, I 
love both of these artists a lot and I think in this case the the lack of time and being able to show your talents kind of hurts Rhodes in this in this matchup. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to I'm going to go with Richards. Yeah, right. this is uh uh this is North Carolina versus UNLV. Right. Uh, you got the history versus uh versus the Flash and <laughs> um uh even even though Rhodes talked me into to bowling uh, he sacrificed himself at the yeah, same that, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And uh, I'm going Keith. <laughs> Noble effort, man. Uh, Rhodes. Gosh, man. Randy, he said, "Bowling, go on without all, me." When this is all said and done, even if he, even if he's not going to win, Randy Rhodes might be the might be the unsung hero of this tournament. Oh yeah, um, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, anyway, next up. Whew, God. Jesus, you're dealing with you're just dealing. With, we're just people. We're just dealing with gods here. All right, that's just all yeah, there is to this it. This is ridiculous. Yes, it is ridiculous. Um, yeah. I've got to make a decision though. Um, gosh, we could stew over this all day, but I'm not going to. And who is it? <sighs> guitarist. We, we're thinking about think about the term guitarist. I'm going to go with Jimmy Page. <laughs> Okay, Jonathan. This is so. That was so hard, but I, I, I have to. Uh, guitarist. Yes, I agree, but I'm interpreting guitarist differently, I suppose, Gabe. Mm-hmm. Because I think Pete, uh, Pete, Pete's work from the '70s, and it's not that he did a ton in the '80s and beyond, but he's kept at it on the road. You gonna advocate for rough boys here again? Right. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. I'm I'm I'm, advoca- I'm advocating for those Schecter Telly uh, bodies uh, let my he love played open the door. in the '80s. Let, yeah, let my love open yeah. the door. Empty glass. Um, uh, th- hey, the, the stuff he did with Ronnie Lane, um, rough mix. Nice. Um, I'm going Pete, man, and that's this is saying a lot. This is this is uh, this is North Carolina versus Duke right here. Yeah, I mean, right. you know, I this mean... is tough, man. This is really tough. Uh... I think, you know, this is one of those games where it went down to the end, and there was fouls and free throws. <laughs> the crowd is on the edge of its seat. Uh... Theremins thrown across Dude, I, the floor. <laughs> I will say, I will turn on Young Man Blues off Live at Leeds and crank it like at least once or every month or two, just to get that in my system. As everyone should. I love that song, but I oh. think I'm going to go with Jimmy Page. <laughs> All right. Wow. It's it's uh, man, that's tough. I was biting the towel like Jerry, UNLV. (laughs) Well, folks, that's the final four. Rich Robinson and Tommy Bolin. Rich Robinson versus Tommy Bolin. We've got Keith Richards versus Jimmy Page. Wow. Wow. There you have it. It's been fun, guys. guys. It's been fun. Yeah. Well, folks, um, we had a a lot of fun tonight. Yeah. Um, I uh, I'm looking forward to the final four. I'm looking forward to what everybody has to say about these four guys. Um, talk amongst yourselves. Talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, online. Uh, please uh, <laughs> join the conversation on Facebook. Also, you could follow us on Twitter 
uh, and Instagram at Rock and Chew. Or you can get all of our episodes as well as some extras, great videos, great links to music um, on the website. All the Beautiful losers website. went home with the take-home copy of Rock and Chew. So right. they can play that at home. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, guys, uh, until we meet again in the final four. I, I know, I know, right? It's just... It, I, <laughs> I'm i mad at both of you, but I can't remember why. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I forget why. Bill Walton would say, what did he say that one time? That always played on boards and bird seats. He's like, I don't know if I'll ever sleep again. <laughs> 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 we are better people for this. <laughs> <laughs> just listen to it they play it on there all the time yeah. alright then but we are better people for this damn it yes. yep. alright sometimes just life is full of hard decisions guys there are going to be guys, happy people and pissed off people guys this is what this is growing up yep. okay yeah. this yep. is what it is yeah. <laughs> alright it's not easy you get what you get and you like it <laughs> alright then sayonara everybody alright till next time